Welcome to episode 31 of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Hales, and I'm very glad to be back with you. I missed an episode last month, had a very busy June, but I'm ready to go, and I have a... I'd love to tell you about everything I did in June, but I have a packed show today, and I just don't have time. So maybe in the August episode, I'll have to tell you about uh, going to the World Championships of Disc Golf. But I'm very excited about the content in today's episode. So what I'm going to do is read a few emails, and then we're going to hear some music from Freya Shaw. And then, I'm very excited about this, I'm going to be having my interview with Christian Heim, the guitarist and luthier featured on the show in several episodes. And I'm just really looking forward to meeting Christian and... I'm picking his brain a little bit on building guitars and, you know, his approach to composition, everything. I'm very much looking forward to it. So, with that, let's get right into the show. Oh, and then after, uh, we'll be featuring some new pieces by Christian. So, like I say, a packed show. Get yourself an iced tea, get comfy, and let's get right into it. I'm going to start the show with just a couple of emails from our good friend Martin Slater. First one says, Chris, thanks for the WAV files, but things are still not working. When I transfer these files to my Windows Media Burn list, they do register their track length, but they are not included in the track count. On the playback of the CD, they are simply not played. There must be some kind of incompatibility between WAV and MP3. Anyway, it is driving me up the wall. As it is now university holiday season, I am hoping my daughter will get a temp job, which might just reduce the amount of chasing around I am doing. Apart from that, we we currently have a series of live TV broadcasts called Spring Watch, done every season, to which I have contributed videos of hedgehogs in my garden, a lot more successful in that. In the photo, the hog on the right is about to attack the intruder on the left. Got anything like that in your garden? Martin. Well, nope, not so much, Martin. Uh, Mainly, I have no garden. (laughs) For two reasons. One is I can't grow anything. Uh, There's so much shade at my house, and that's my excuse, but really, I just, I cannot grow anything, no matter how hard I try. And I've just had enough failed gardens that I just, I can't do it anymore. Uh, In addition to that, we are having just an awful drought here, and so... This really isn't the year to grow a garden when you already struggle with it. That being said, I do love watching wildlife, and uh, I do keep bird feeders. I've become a bird feeder guy. (laughs) I've got two in my backyard, and uh, I'm particularly fond of the scrub jays. I I also leave peanuts around for the scrub jays. But no hedgehogs. But that is a cool picture, Martin. That sounds like an awesome idea, this spring watch. And regarding the Waven MP3 thing, I don't know what's going on. I, I suspect it's got to be a software issue because, I mean, Waves and MP3s are pretty standard files and they're, they should work. Especially, I mean, a Wave is your standard audio file for like a CD, so, and it's pretty simple to convert one to the other. So I wish I had a better help to offer you, but yeah, something's going on on the software end, I believe. And then I have another email from Martin that just came through. Emails have been piling up over the last month. Hello, Chris. It's surprising what can happen in two months. We have a probable Freedom Day this Monday the 19th. Masks will be advisory, 
and I've already been to a guitar concert, albeit a small one given by a local girl, face masks and social distancing strictly enforced. I also have a ticket for my Southampton Society's first official concert since the first lockdown. The performers will be Gary Ryan, also known as a composer, and Craig Ogden this Sunday. They will be doing a combination of duets and solos. Personally, my inability to include my recent recordings with my older ones has rather parked my enthusiasm on that front. I am, however, glad I have discovered an avenue to share more music with yourself, at least. I have also recently discovered that the film Great Expectations, based on the Charles Dickens novel, has a piece for classical guitar played by John Williams, link attached. I am also attaching a video from my home garden taken on the night of the 13th of July. Hopefully you can access it. The night cam was positioned simply to monitor our hedgehogs. Later in the video, there is, however, something that enters from the left which is very eerie. There were no lights or torches involved, so our conclusion is that it is likely ghostly. It is difficult to really make out, but it certainly makes sort of walking movements. Maybe cat-like? Your thoughts on this are welcome. After this incident, my daughter said that one night she accidentally left the cam in our kitchen facing the ceiling. Apparently it took seven pictures. As it is only triggered by motion and knowing our house history, she deleted them without seeing them, saying that stopped. <laughs> I don't think my wife is in the market for any kind of exorcism. <laughs> she will continue praying, which is fair enough. After all, all we really have to do is keep calm and keep playing. Martin. Okay, there's a lot There's a lot in this email. Um, I'm not familiar with Gary Ryan. I do have um, some recordings by Craig Ogden. He's a great player. Uh, I hope it's a good concert, and I wish you all the best with your freedom, Martin. I don't know where, how you feel about it all. Um, being a freedom-loving American myself, I'm, I'm hoping you have yours. Uh, and thanks for the tip on John Williams. Man, John Williams must uh, really make the rounds of movies. Uh, whenever you need a classical guitarist in a movie... Call John Williams, I believe, right? He did the Deer Hunter, I think. So that's cool. Another thing. I've never seen Great Expectations, and I have also not read it. I would like... I don't really want to read it, but I would like to have read it. <laughs> that's how I feel about a lot of classic literature. For being an, a person who likes older things, for the most part, literature, I'm, I'm kind of all on board with more modern writing. It might not be as pretty, but it's just quicker moving. Okay, and then I can't wait to watch this video, so I'm going to I'm going to watch the ghostly video and then respond. Okay, Martin. Wow. <laughs> I I need to know more. So, is there anything that could be reflecting because like, is your camera behind a window? Anything like that, that it could be reflecting people? If not, that's very interesting. It certainly does look like... What it looks like to me is like the reflection of somebody in glass. But I don't see any glass. Uh, so that's pretty creepy, Martin. I love it. As always, uh, thank you for writing in and adding to the show, Martin. It's always appreciated. Okay, now we're going to hear some music from Freya Shaw before we go to Christian's interview. Freya uh, has this project and they have a, 
a Kickstarter, so I'm going to go ahead and squeeze it into this episode. Freya writes, Ahoy there, Chris. Hopefully you received a piece of music called Rain on My Window. I composed this piece alongside a music score for a series of short films a group and I are currently producing, known as the See-Through series. See-Through focuses on a future where humans have fled Earth and settled on a new isolated planet. Ruled over by a controlling government, humans live in solitary in their rooms with their only contact being online. After the film's five main characters are sent to Earth to explore its living conditions, they discover their newly found freedom whilst learning to survive in an environment completely different from what they are familiar with. We have organized a Kickstarter campaign to help pay those involved in the film. We would really appreciate any support people can provide. The film is currently in its production process, but will be made available at the end of this year. We have an Instagram page for those interested in keeping up with the film. In the piece, Rain on My Window, our five main characters have just landed on Earth and are exploring the forest and overgrown countryside landscapes they have never experienced before. I composed and play the classical guitars heard in this piece. Special thanks to Andre Louise for playing the beautiful piano and Ben Chalker for assisting with the amazing production. I appreciate their help and talent so much. I hope you all enjoy the piece and I'll make sure to send links to the film's Kickstarter social media and links to find the artists mentioned on the track. Okay, and then Freya also sent a another piece and uh, commented that the actual name of the piece called Raiden on my window is chapter two, I'm assuming relating to the film score. She also thanks Irene for her beautiful violin. And she says, I have always dreamed of producing a piece including classical guitar, piano, and violin. So I'm very proud of chapter five score. If you can hear a percussion type sound, the piano sample instrument was recorded from the inside of a piano, so you are hearing the brushed strings as the piano is played. Um, I'll include any links she sent on the website, and these are chapter two and chapter five from Freya Shah.
And there it is. We've just heard two pieces from Freya Shaw. Thank you, Freya. And again, check classicalguitarcomposers.com for those links. And now we will move on to something I am very excited about. I've been looking forward to this. I'm going to have a conversation with Christian Heim. Have you lived in Utah most of your life or all your life or all my life? Yep. All your life. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, it's now, a beautiful place. <laughs> it is. Have you been there? Actually, I have uh, briefly. I, I, I used to live in Colorado, so I used yes. to be close. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, yeah. What city, what city was, cause you went to college in Colorado, right? Yeah. I went to Boulder. Okay. Boulder. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't know, seven or eight hours from here. Boulder. Yeah, it's it's quite a drive, but uh, so I had lots of friends who would go up to Utah to go biking, among other things, and skiing. Um, so, yeah, yeah, very cool. What uh, what year was that that you were here? Uh, that or was years, from ninety three through ninety eight. I guess it was yes, ninety three through ninety eight. Oh, cool. So right quite a while ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just took a, me and a couple of my college buddies and my brother also went there. We, we took a trip back. Um, well, I guess it's uh, two years ago now, cause it was the year before COVID. And so we were like there 20 years later, which was pretty awesome. Um, reliving some of, you know, the college moments or whatever, skiing and going to some of the same pubs and yeah, hanging out. Oh, right on. Great. So, where, so where were you in like, uh. Or you were in, Col sorry, you came back to Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> you said Colorado and my mind said Utah, so. <laughs> it's, it's, it's close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Relatively, definitely. It's, <laughs> if it doesn't take a plane to get there, it's close. So. Exactly. <laughs> well, hey, man, I'm really uh, excited to meet you and glad to have you on. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, very cool. How are, things, how are things in Norway? Things are good. We're having a very nice summer here. So, uh, you know, it's uh, upper 80s, almost 90 degrees. And so, uh, so that's pretty nice. Um, and, uh, you know, the summers here can be 40 degrees in rain. So we love it when it's nice and warm. So <laughs> I just came back from the mountains yesterday and I was out boating today. So... It's uh, definitely enjoying uh, uh, the summer holiday, to put it that way. So things are great. And then I squeezed in some guitar building this morning before I went out on the boat. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so trying to make, uh, you know, get the most out of the day by combining different activities. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So how are the mountains? I've been trying to get out more myself. Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, the weather up there was awesome too. And uh, my family has a cabin up in the mountains by a lake. So my brother was there with his kids and my parents were there. And so we went boating up there too and swimming and uh, right for hikes. And uh, yeah, so it was um, just amazing. And um, good company, good food, good drinks. And yeah, good temperatures and then that's uh <laughs> and and a lot of mosquitoes <laughs> oh man 
<laughs> I guess yeah, yeah, it sounded yeah. almost perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was almost perfect. <laughs> so, and I, I get some allergic reactions to mosquito bites. So I've been trying to claw my skin off the last <laughs> 24 hours or so, oh, the last no. couple of days. But, but uh, yeah, it's just, just how it is. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My son has a, he's like a mosquito magnet. Like everywhere we go, he'll get bit. No one else will. Yeah. He'll I'm, be covered in bites. It's, I'm kind of that, I'm kind of that guy, <laughs> but every, everybody invites along to get you know attract the mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yes. But, so, are uh, you an angler at all? Do you do any fishing up there? Yeah, I do actually. So um, I do some fly fishing up there, and I throw some lures, and um, so I, I like fishing a lot. Oh, right so on. Occasionally, get some trout up there. Uh, there's some bunch of trout in the lake, so you can get some decent size. Enough to big enough to eat at least. Yeah, nice. So, what about yourself? Oh, I love to fish. Yeah, yeah. I just went last night and cool. uh, got a couple you... of very small rainbows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I love. They weren't. They were not quite eating size yet, but uh, yeah, they've actually because of our drought um, in some of the smaller ponds and lakes. They've said, "Go ahead and." keep more fish you know they because mm. they're worried they're not gonna survive in their numbers you know right so yeah, exactly. i thought i would gladly go out and do my part <laughs> 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 yeah. yes <laughs> twist my arm will you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but i just didn't have the heart to keep these little i mean they were like i don't know 10 inches maybe they were yeah. tiny <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hopefully we have a holiday next week a utah holiday and i'm i'm gonna travel a little far farther and hopefully go mm. get after some bigger ones cool uh, up in the mountains so yeah oh well, well, hey man uh, i'd love to ask you a few questions about the guitar building absolutely um yeah uh, that well, would be great Awesome. Uh, oh, the the pictures you sent me were. I mean, that guitar just looks magnificent. Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, is that the, the maple one? Yeah, the maple one. And you said you'd mm. finished another one since then, right? Yes, uh, I did actually. So um, <clears throat> that has found a new home. But uh, so so I yes, I did finish one now in the, I guess April May time frame. Yeah. Cool. So the which turned out uh, lovely as well. So I'm very happy with uh, you know how they're turning out. Yeah, and they they're sounding really nice in your videos. I'm, yeah, I am. Uh, you know, it's kind of uh, <laughs> it sometimes feel a little bit ridiculous that you can just start and teach yourself or learn how to build instruments and that they actually sound good. <laughs> you know, wait, but, you uh, are a self-taught? Yes, yes, really, I am actually. <laughs> yeah, oh. this is not my uh, this is my hobby that I started uh, just uh, yeah six years ago. Really? So, uh, yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's something I uh, yeah it's it's a kind of an interesting story or a strange story I guess. <laughs> and uh, I sometimes think it's ridiculous that you could just pick something like that up and uh, actually build instruments. So yeah, do, you, I, do you have any uh, like background in woodworking to begin with? Not so much actually. I mean I'm. I've always been a little bit handy and uh, can do basic stuff, but uh, 
No, I pretty much started from scratch um, when I when I started this adventure, which was interesting because you know once I decided this is something I was going to do, you know the first thing I did I realized ah, right I need tools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you start acquiring tools, and then you're like right I need to figure out how to sharpen them <laughs> and set up the tools and learn how to use them properly. I hadn't used, you know, things like a plane since woodworking it in, 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 you know, a high school or, you know, middle school or something. So it was, uh, but yeah, but uh, it's, it's uh, you can figure all this stuff out and there's lots of good resources on YouTube and, you know, message boards and things like that that can help. So, wow. Yeah. Well, that's so really amazing. Been, it's just, quite an adventure. <laughs> how how did it start? Like, what made so, you make that decision to say, "I want to start building guitars"? There was actually, um, I would say, it's uh, like three sort of incidents or things that uh, made that happen. Um, and the first one actually was in Colorado. Um, you know, when I went to school there, because I had I went up to Wyoming to this uh, luthier there called uh, Larry Breslin, who built the guitar for me. He later moved to Colorado at some point in time, but, uh, you know, quite an established luthier. Um, and so I was able to pick out, uh, you know, some Brazilian rosewood and the bindings I wanted and the rosette he was going to make and things like that. And I thought, this is really cool. Uh, so I, you know, when I came back to Boulder, I bought a book called Making Master Guitars by Roy Cortnall, which uh, I put on the shelf and left there for the next 16 years or so, or 20, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so that was sort of like the first thing that I, I, I had a sort of a idea that that's something I want to do one day. And then life just took over, I guess. And, uh, you know, I started working and I got a family and yeah all that kind of stuff, right? So, and and the two other incidents were sort of like, um, that was in 2015. Uh, And um, the first thing I started playing a lot again, uh, since I had some space, one of my kids moved out and I could have practice space. So I started playing a lot. And I realized that that guitar that I had built in Colorado all those years ago needed some adjustments. So I turned it into this uh, guy downtown. didn't do a very good job. It, it needed some refretting and it needed to raise some of the, the saddle and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, gosh, I really have to learn how to do this myself. And, the, and then the third thing, which was in the same time frame, uh, I have this old Yamaha Grand Concerto guitar, which is like the first classical guitar I had or something, uh, which I bought from my guitar teacher in, you know, middle school. And mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> And it's broken and in so many ways, but I still pull it out for cabin trips and other things. But I figured, I, you know, I wanted a replacement. So I went to all the guitar stores in our, here in the area and tried to play all the classical guitars they have. And it's usually, you know, mostly uh, factory made or, you know, there's some high end, but I couldn't find the tone I wanted. So I got this crazy idea. Now I'm finally going to build my own guitar. <laughs> well, that's how it started out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I started reading the book. I, you know, went on this website where you can order guitar wood and ordered all the parts, uh, you know, and figured out how to do it by reading the book and watching YouTube videos and message boards and trial and error and um, it became a guitar. So that was pretty cool. That and, is uh, awesome. 
Yeah, and all, pretty much all the music in the guitar building videos I made earlier, it's all recorded with that guitar. So it sounds amazing still, and it just gets better and better. So yeah, right on. So the first, first one was a success. So I just uh, figured I have to try it again <laughs> to see if it was just luck or if I can build another one. And uh, now I'm, I'm on number seven. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> I love that that came out of just, I can't find anybody to do a good job on my guitar, so I'm just going to have to do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> that leads to the... Uh, I kind of had a... Yeah, since then I've found some, met some good luthiers around there uh, in Norway. There's not, there's a handful of them in Norway, so there's not, not many that build classical guitars, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Are they more like steel string guys or... <clears throat> there's quite a few of them too, but there's a, like a handful that builds classical um, okay. probably less than 10 that uh, at least, you know, build and sell. Most of them do repairs a lot of the time because uh, it's hard to live off guitar building. I've seen, I've learned. <laughs> yeah. So, and um, yeah, like I said, for me, it's a hobby, so it's not my, my main job. So, well, that was something I was curious about. How long does it take you to build a guitar from start so, to finish? Yeah. So it takes me about um, 250 hours or so. Wow. Uh, so, um, yeah, between 200 and 250 is usually what I estimate. I haven't actually completely measured every hour, but that's the time frame. Right. And <clears throat> that's not and you uncommon. Have to find, you have to find spare time to do this. Yeah. Not so I use the... Saturdays and Sundays and evenings and vacations and things like that to, <laughs> to do that. <laughs> so during the Corona, I, you know, I saved two hours of travel time every day to work. So that sort of helped. Oh, right on. Um, yeah. So that gave me some extra time in the evening or after. So instead of traveling, so that was nice. But uh, it's, I mean, you can speed up things by using a lot more machine tools or whatever. I, I like working with the hand tools um, and uh, it gives you a lot more control of the process. And uh, you know, if you um, if you if, if you read about you know Daniel Friedrich, for instance, is you know one of the best known builders of the last century. Who unfortunately, recently passed away. I think it was last year. Um, you know, he also said that you know he uses two hundred hours per guitar. So it's there's it's, there's tasks to be done, and there's only so much you can optimize them, right? Unless you want to start some kind of production line, right? What? So there's um, a lot of effort and love and patience that goes into the instruments that all the classical guitar uh, players out there have, you know, that come from luthiers. What um, what are you doing by hand that you could be doing with a machine? Well, that's an excellent question. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I just, I I just well, love I love the idea of doing it all by hand. Yeah. So you you know you can use a router for a lot of things. Uh, cut okay. out the you know the heads of the guitar, the neck. You know you can uh, route all the binding channels. You can you know a lot of these things you can do with a router and uh, with set shapes that would probably go a lot faster. Um, uh, you can use um, what's it called? Um, uh, it's a kind of sander. Word escapes me at the moment, but uh, it's like a roller sand, it's a sander that you can just okay. put yeah. a sh sheet of uh, wood in between, and it takes it down to sands it down to the correct uh, thickness, right? Right. Um, while I use uh, hand sanders and planes, uh, hand planes to um, do thicknessing. That's cool. So 
yeah, so that's you know it's a huge time saver. It's a lot of sanding, I can tell you. Making yeah. guitar. <laughs> <laughs> drum roll sander. That's the word I was looking for. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so there's you know machinery you can use to definitely uh, shorten the time, and a lot of people use them. And I mean, that's um, it makes sense for things like thicknessing the top or the back or the sides, because uh, especially sides and back are hardwoods and. Uh, are sometimes quite hard to send so so i guess it i mean it would take true enjoyment to have the patience to sit and sand that all by hand (laughs) (laughs) yes but uh it does (laughs) but that's why we have planes so you take the you know most of the thickness down with the hand plane and then okay yeah just uh either scrape or sand to get it smooth and I'm sure people, different builders have very different techniques there as well as part of what tools they use. So, do you um do you do different styles of bracings? Are you do you get into that? You know, like um. So far, I have not. Uh, I've uh, I've sort of I've adjusted my bracing pattern as I've gone along. Um, okay. And so I've mostly done small modifications. Um, and sort of kept uh, a very similar bracing styles with five, uh, with you know the the <clears throat> normal soundbars, two soundbars, five strut bracing uh, for the top, and because um, I've found that um, I, I like the sound that it's coming out of the guitars I built, um, mm-hmm. and um, I think I'll start experimenting more over time. But uh, so far, my uh, my focus has been to establish. Uh, quality of you know sound playability and uh, and volume in 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 every build, so I'm stabilizing that as much as possible, and I'm happy with how that turns out. So, um, I, I think over time I will start experimenting more. Okay, uh, and I know a lot of builders are doing lots of different crazy stuff <laughs> and traditional stuff and mix, and there's. There's uh, definitely a lot of methods out there, different methods. Um, you got the double tops now, which sort of out of mesh in between. And so there's many yes. different approaches. I recently um, saw a double top guitar. Mm. And, uh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of tops, so we typically, our tops are either spruce or cedar. Mm. Is there anything else? Redwood is also being introduced, I guess. Um, oh, really? I have, yeah. So uh, redwood is also used, but typically it's spruce or cedar. I, I've seen some people build. I, I've seen pictures of builds with maple as well. Um, traditionally, people would say that that's too uh, hard to um, create to vibrate, give good vibrations in the soundboard. Mm-hmm. But so. But, you know, some people are more about the looks than the sound, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess if you were going to throw a pickup in it anyway. And <laughs> yes. I've, exactly. I've seen people do that to their guitars, you know. So. Exactly. So, um, but um, I, I build with spruce. I oh, really? Build, like, Ex- yes. Okay. So far exclusively. And, um, and the reason for that is... Um, I, the, the guitar I built in Colorado the, the twenty plus years ago that was that's cedar, and it's it's got a f- nice full sound, good you know, range in the basses and uh, and also the trebles. But the thing that I really like with spruce is the clarity of the trebles that come out of it. 
And that's just to me is the sound I've been looking for and wanting. And, um, and, and that develops more over time as well. Uh, and so I've gotten this passion for spruce, I guess. Okay. I, mm. I understand that completely because that's, that's exactly how I feel about a spruce top. Mm. And when I had a guitar built, you know, I, I went through the decision of, should I go cedar or spruce? And, you know, right. I noticed the cedar guitars I'd played, they were, they were louder. And I mean, they were almost like just a cannon, you know what I mean? But the, yeah. the spruce had this sweetness. Yes, that, exactly. And I felt that the spruce was, so I tried a bunch of different pieces as well. Mm. And at the time I had plenty in my fingers. And so I, you know, I noticed I liked a lot of stuff on cedar but there was a lot of stuff I didn't care for in the cedar, whereas everything sounded good on the spruce. Yeah. And yeah. So what I, did you go for? I remember you said it on the podcast before, I believe. Oh, well, the, the originally I got a spruce, the, my okay. main guitar yeah. that I play, I had it built uh, like nine years ago. Yeah. Um, by my friend, Justin Leslie, it, it, it's a spruce top. It has Hungarian rosewood back and okay. sides. Cool. And it's, I mean, that's, that's what I've done. Like everything I've featured on the podcast was recorded on that guitar and it, you know, it's still my main guitar, but I did just recently pick up a cedar from him. Um, yeah. Honduran you know, Hondur Rosewood is what you said? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I, did I say Hungarian? I meant Honduran. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think you said Hungarian, so I wasn't I, sure. I, <laughs> you might've discovered a new sort of. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a big secret. Oh, anyway. <laughs> yes. The wrong part of the world completely. Yeah, no, no, uh, no, no, right, now, you mentioned uh, that guitar you had built in Colorado. You said had the Brazilian rosewood. Yes. Yes. I played one of those once, and I that is some great stuff. Do you work with yeah. that at all? Or? So, uh, Brazilian rosewood is extremely expensive. Right. It's like uh, endangered, yeah. right? Or. That, is, that as well. So you cannot really, it's just protected by scientists. So you cannot, you know, ship it or uh, things like that. But, but I mean, okay. you can probably get a hold of it with certificates and everything, but uh, I, those are running, you know, very high um, prices. So to me, that's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and uh, you know, my guitar professor in Colorado said that, uh, He's never seen a Brazilian rosewood guitar that wasn't cracked. <laughs> oh, so, really? I, it's probably not quite true, but it does crack <laughs> easily with age uh, because it is uh, seems to be a bit, uh, you know, susceptible to uh, <clears throat> humidity more than other maybe. So I'm, mine's cracked in the back. I see. So <laughs> there's some oh, truth to wow. it, I guess. Interesting. <laughs> but, yeah. But, um, but no, it's very expensive. And uh, so, so you can buy guitars made with Brazilian rosewood today, but they cost a lot and the materials cost a lot. So, well, so yeah, quickly I, talking, you know, thousands of dollars just for the back and sides. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I, d I had not heard that. The only experience I've had is I played one that uh, my friend built, mm. um, which looked, I loved the look of the wood. Yeah, it's also beautiful. had a great tone and i don't know how much the back and sides really affect the tone but i mean do they uh well uh, i think there are many opinions on that matter <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, many different opinions on that matter um and uh, to a certain degree i believe they do 
Uh, I, I can. Uh, there is different. Uh, uh, there is different things that affect the tone, and you know, but you cannot say that you can build two equal guitars anyway. It's a composition of all the different parts, right? And so, quite often, the back and sides wood is not the only thing affecting the difference of a sound between two guitars. So it's very challenging to build two equal guitars, but just you know, change the sides or the back, um, and uh, to hear the difference that way. But there are characteristics of different kind of woods, uh, and um, that's definitely I think there's something to it, even though. Um, you know, what the Torres found was that the top is maybe the most important piece. They all fit together to create an instrument, right? Right. Yeah. So so there are people who think, uh, and it also depends on the instrument. For a classical guitar, I think maybe you can hear it more than you can for a steel string. Um, okay. Because uh, it's, um, <clears throat> it's built slightly different and, uh, you know, the it has different characteristics. So I think it's even you know, maybe a more difference there, but. So do you know. use mainly Indian rosewood? Is that what you use or? Actually, I use all kinds of different things. So uh, okay. I like to make each guitar unique. So uh, I've used Indian rosewood. I've used Sirikota. I've used uh, uh, maple, uh, flame maple. I've used spalted maple. I've used, uh, for the last one, I used Imbuya, if that's how you pronounce it. It's like Brazilian walnuts. Uh, which was stunning, uh, you know, in the patterns it had in the flame. And wow. uh, the one I'm building uh, now, uh, what am I using there? I'm using Coco Bolo, which is also a rosewood. So okay. I've, I've, I've uh, done, yeah, and I've used Brazilian tiger wood. I think I've listed all of them now. But yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've uh, gathered quite a different collection of, uh, so I like trying out different things. Uh, in that sense, uh, piecing different things together and making each one sort of its own artwork, if you, uh, if I can say that. Um, right. And because there are so many beautiful woods out there. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that there was that many you could use for back and Yeah, side. there's lots more. I mean, you could use um, a, a lot more to mahogany. You can use, you know, fruit trees. Um, huh. Walnut is popular especially you know uh, in america for um, for a lot of guitars huh. so there's uh back in size you have a lot of choices which is part of where you can make a guitar unique and um yeah very cool so you said that you don't do this for a living obviously it's more of a hobby but do you sell yeah. the guitars when you're done uh i've started to now so okay. I've uh, I've sold uh, the, I've sort of uh, I've had the interested parties <laughs> for most of them, but uh, you know the five first ones I just didn't have the heart to. <laughs> I loved playing them and still love playing them, and it's also you know, <laughs> and it's um, but I sold uh, the the last one I made I sold so um, that and I have uh, you know more interested buyers, so um, <laughs> so that's cool. good, yeah. So <laughs> but. Go Sorry, go ahead. I was just say I love that you kept the first five. Like you just can't <laughs> let them. <laughs> They're like babies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and that's that's kind of hard. And in, in hindsight, I wish I might have you know um, sold some of them too, and I might see sometime in the future. But it's also a learning process, right? So the fifth one was uh, the fourth and fifth were the ones where I like you know what, 
now I'm proud of what I'm building because one thing that's is that the sound is good, but also that the finish looks good. And, uh, you know, that's, um, yeah, the finish is probably, you know, thing that takes the most time to learn how to do properly when you put on a French polish that requires some experience and training and, um, you have to go through it a couple of times before you kind of nail it down. Okay. So that. That's another thing I'm curious about. So you like to do the French polish? Yes, uh, that's that's what I prefer to do. That's what I prefer to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's, I love there's, the French polish. Yeah, and there, there's multiple reasons for that. It's uh, you basically you don't use chemicals or sprays or things like that, and it's traditional way of um, you know putting a finish on instruments, and you can make it super thin, and it sounds great. So. Yeah, I found that um, it seems to allow the wood to vibrate more, right? Versus like a lacquer. But it, but it is a lot of work. I mean, it takes uh, a lot of time uh, to put on the French polish. So it's not... Um, so some of the finishes are easier and faster to do. But uh, I use, you know, four to six weeks to put on the French polish. Oh, really? Yeah. I think wow. uh, once I put on two months, it used like two months, so... And then if you get a little scratch in the surface, then you have to have a little setback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> have to be careful. <laughs> I remember the, the, fir well. the first time I played a guitar with French polish, um, you know, my immediate like response, not knowing really what it was, but I was just like, I love the texture of this neck is what mm. I said. Yeah. And I had been playing, um, it was a, it was a guitar. I don't want to say the builder because I didn't really like the guitar, you know? <laughs> but it was a, it was a guy in America and um, I had just, I had bought it from someone and, you know, it was okay, but it had such a, it seemed to have just this thick lacquer coat on it. And my thumb, you know, when I would slide up and down the neck, it was like my thumb would get caught and there was just always like kind of gunk building up. Yeah. And that French polished neck, it just had this, you know, you could feel the wood grains, but yet it was smooth and it just, I don't know how, it's hard to describe, but I loved the mm. feel of it. Mm. And since then, I've, I'm kind of like, I don't ever want a classical guitar that's not French polished. Yeah, that's that's fair. And people, you do different things. Some people use like oil on the neck and then French polish the top and then do something else on the back. So, I mean, there's many different approaches. I, I French polish the whole thing. Yeah. So that's what I prefer to do. That's awesome. <clears throat> and it's it's also, you know, when I was starting out, that was the easiest for me to get the hold of too. Um, it's the shellac that you use for French polishing and you can use it both as a sealer and for the finish. So it sort of has multi-purpose along the way. Okay. What is it about it that takes it so long? Is it just many layers and... Yeah, so, so you basically interweave uh, hundreds, thousands of, uh, you, you know, you swirl this into uh, the body. And so you <clears throat> basically put on lots of micro layers that melt into each other to create the finish. And so in between sessions too, it has to harden. And you have to leave it alone for a little bit. You can do, you know, only so many sessions per day. Okay. Uh, and um, how many sessions you do depends, but... Uh, um, 10 to 15 is not unusual. Uh, and then, you know, all sides of the guitar and everything. 
and then they have to polish this down afterwards and things wow. like that. So, so it's, okay. <clears throat> it does require a lot of work. So, so sometimes you will see, um, uh, I, I've seen in the past at least that you go to a builder and if you want to have a French polish, it costs a lot more than uh, other kinds of finish. Yeah. And that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe I once, um, I took a guitar to have the, the neck reshaped yeah. um, from somebody who, uh, I don't think he's like a big time luthier, but had some experience. But I asked him if he could do a French polish and he said, yeah. And mm. um, I believe he'd learned how, but had never actually done it. Mm. And he did a good job. Mm. But when he was done, he said, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> and then now we know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. No, but it is also um, one of those forgiving processes. So oh, really? uh, you can, yeah, I mean, you can, it's easy to fix mistakes or things that go wrong or whatever. So it's, they most will say it's a forgiving process to use shellac. And it's also, you know, quite strong um, as long as you don't spill liquor on it or but it to heat sources or leave it in the sun well that's for all instruments you should never leave your instruments in the sun <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, that's uh, the tip of the day uh, i know a i know a guitar professor who left his in the car he said i made oh. like the classic student mistake and yeah. he, he it was a french polished guitar he said i have he, he called it french toast after <laughs> yeah yeah, it well, it doesn't matter if it's French polish or something else. I yeah, mean, yeah, I don't think that matters. <laughs> wood, wood will warp or do other strange things. So yeah, that's why I, I have um like a designated mountain guitar, mm. and that's the one that goes camping and yeah, because it's going to experience the elements, you know, and mm. dirt and heat and like that's, that's the, just what that guitar's for. That's the old Yamaha grand yep. concerto I have <laughs> <laughs> broken top and that I've glued and <laughs> not long before I knew what I was doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Check out the rest of my interview with Christian along with his new compositions in part two of this episode.